Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com. My name is Abhishek and today I have with me Prince Thomas the senior assistant editor at Forbes India joining me from Delhi again to talk about one of the most fun issues of uh, Forbes India called the Forbes India Rich List Special. Hi Prince, good to have you back. Hi Abhishek, hi Abhishek, good to hear from you too. Great. And uh, I understand that this is this series is the flagship issue of uh, you know Forbes India. So can you, can you tell us what exactly is the fun part about readers wanting to know who's getting rich somewhere in in India when other people other people get rich normally it's it's not the first emotion that you like other people <laughs> seeing getting rich so why is it the highest selling issue before we get into the issue itself yeah. um, I'm thinking folks India's rich list issue is now three years old here, but it's been a tradition that's been woven for the last 25 to 30 years internationally. The Forbes international issue has been collating the richest people data for more than 25 years now. So it's become a very global property for Forbes. It's widely visible, and in India we've been doing it specifically for the edition for last three years. and it's a very curiosity kind of a thing to know who's doing well and because indian economy is such an entrepreneur driven economy so the curiosity is much more to know who's doing well who's not doing that well who's gone down and it's also a reflection of people of entrepreneurs who are doing smart work who are taking the right decisions you know and whose calls have been successful in the last one year and if you see in 2009 2000 then we could say that you know everyone did well because the sensex was doing well and you know economy was pretty good but in a in a time when things are a little down i think that's when the smarter entrepreneurs kind of separate themselves from the rest so who are these smart entrepreneurs so i think this year's rich list has uh, actually brought out or separated the smart from the rest because in the last one year you know, since we last collated the uh, rich list in 2010 the sensex has come down by more than 20% it's been quite volatile and because of that even the net worth of the indian richest entrepreneurs their net worth has also come down mm-hmm. so largely in today in this year's 100 richest list we have most of them seeing their wealth coming down it would surprise you that of the 100 people on the list only 18 have been able to see their wealth increasing and even in the top 10 if you see we have only two people who have actually seen their wealth increasing one is sunil mittal and mm-hmm. another is palonji mistri so this year i think it's more interesting because we have kind of an upheaval in the list there's been new people coming in there have been traditional well known people who have gone off the list so it's a sign of the times that we are living in today that things are not very rosy but if you take the right decisions you'll mm-hmm. be still doing well And and is there a correlation between, like you said, there? Of course, the the Sensex has a a big hand in knowing the net worth of individuals. We also saw that in the U.S. with uh, Apple computers, very briefly upping Exxon Mobil for a for a while as the world's number one company on market cap. Yes. So definitely, it it does have a you know reflection on the how well an individual does, the one who owns the company. But on the flip side, on the other hand, is there a correlation between, let's say, you know, if somebody asks you that. if there are x number of millionaires or billionaires in a country does it reflect the state of the economy or or you know should we be taking these numbers with some caution if not a pinch of salt but some caution that uh, hey it's it's just a you know mirror image of how the stock markets are doing i think it's a good reflection of 
the economy plus the stock market because one, okay, we can say that the wealth of these billionaires or the millionaires would vary according to the way Sensex goes. Mm-hmm. So Sensex went down by 20%, so the total wealth of these 100 people have also come down by that much. But at the same time, if you look at the trends within the list, so look at people who have done well and not done well, the sectors they come from. Right. So you get a larger picture of which sectors have been doing well, which sectors not, and people who have actually bugged that trend in those sectors. So you have a Sunil Mittal whose company took the call to increase rates where everyone was otherwise doing a cutthroat competition and reducing the rates. And you see actually, do see his worth coming up. While compared to him, you could see that Anil Ambani, whose reliance in Focom is there, and he has come down for the first time out of the top 10 of the rich list. So there are, you can differentiate people who are doing well or not done well, but at the same time you look at the uh, IT industry. Right. Across the people who are there, uh, from that industry on our list, all of their wealth have come down. So it's a reflection of the sector also. To answer your question, so while one would say that the sensex would have an effect on it, I think if you look through it, there you can surely spot some larger trends about the economy also. And that's why the larger purpose of the list. One is a definite list of the wealth in India. Mm-hmm. And second is also tells us about where the economy is going. Right. And any surprise inclusions? Uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think for the first time in three years since we started collating the list, I mean, the top ten cart itself has been disturbed. While the top five people, I mean, the richest person remains Mukesh Ambani, second is Lakshmi Mittal, and third is... But uh, if you look at the top 10, for the first time we see that two new people have come in. That is Kalonji Mistri and also Adi Gosdej. And uh, they come in the place of KP Singh and Anil Ambani. So I think that itself is reflective because KP Singh is from the real estate sector. And uh, I think the sector itself has not been seeing very good days of late. Interestingly, Panonji Mystery is also from that same uh, industry. A lot of his business comes from real estate. But the interesting differentiator is that his books are pretty clean compared to his peers. So the debt levels are very, very low. Uh, so that's a larger trend itself. So that's a completely very surprising thing. So we, th- we didn't expect such an upheaval to happen in the first 10 lists itself. And at the same time, if you look at the top gainers, and the uh, uh, people who have gone off the list, there are quite a few big names who have actually gone off the list. And they include Jignesh, uh, they include Shantanu Prakash, who probably is the biggest entrepreneur from the education sector today. And these are big names that have gone off the list. And if you look at some people who have come in, I mean, it's pretty interesting looking at some of the debuts. You have Rahul Bhatia of Indigo who's debuted at a very high 50, in the early 50s ranking. So it's pretty high debut. And you also have someone like George Muttur from the Muttur family from Kerala, who have made loans on gold very, very popular across the country. And he's also made a high debut. So pretty interesting people. And uh, there also been very, very reclusive names, uh, relatively very unknown people, but who have done pretty well. For instance, Ajay Kalsi. He's a guy who has done well in the oil and gas. He comes from a family business which was doing its business at a separate, completely different from oil and gas. They went to, if you remember, the Phoenix Shoes, that base. I mean, so he's from the, that same family. But he diversified. He's into oil and gas. He's done well. And he's also debuted this time in our, on our list. And he's another unknown name, but with 
a very, very interesting entrepreneur to look out for. So I think this year's list has been pretty interesting, a lot of things to look out for and a lot of surprises also. True. And, and as you mentioned, the list is a mix of people about whom we read a lot about and also the reclusive uh, ones. It, it was interesting to see a trend that there is uh, some amount of, uh, you know, activity going on in the two-wheeler industry where, you know, Mr. Munzel of Hero Motor Corp, he's at number 21. We, of course, we know that it has split from Honda Motors. Right. We have Rahul Bajaj of Bajaj Auto, yeah. uh, who also has seen a spike in the net worth and he's at yeah. 3.10 billion. Uh, but don't you think it's a little ironic uh, talking about Rahul Bajaj that even in spite of closing down the scooter business, he's uh, right. up there? Uh, in fact, I think Rahul Bajaj has actually done pretty well because not only that his bikes are selling in India, I think he's doing a very good job in taking his bikes overseas. It will be surprising that in China his bikes are selling pretty well, the 100cc category bikes. So he's seen that while there's a lot of tough competition in the domestic market, there's also scope to take the bikes overseas because China, again, is a very big two-wheeler market. And he's also taking his bikes to Africa. And if you look at the larger other players from the two-wheeler industry, uh, which is the Hero Group, which is represented by the chairman, Bridgemon Lal Munja, one year ago, I think people wouldn't have expected them to do well because the, the JV with Honda had just broken off. There were doubts about how the family would fare after the JV breakup because Honda was a big multinational, it had a lot of technology. One year on, they are the biggest gainers on the list this year. Their wealth has increased by almost 60%. That's a huge jump. And if you look at the other gainers, the second one is Dilip Shangi of Sun Pharma, and, and his wealth increased by about 29%. So the huge gap. So it shows that I think uh, the transition from Hero Honda to Hero Corp was well planned, well thought of. They knew what they were getting into. And I think the transition has been smooth, and I think that's reflective of the, where the stock is also. Investors have backed their transition. So I think it's a pretty interesting trend to look at for the auto sector. Right. But in one of the articles that you have, the feature stories on uh, Hero Motor Corp is where uh, you quote Mr. Ravi Sood, who is the CFO. He, he says that uh, we will slash prices, and uh, to paraphrase him, we will do whatever it takes to you know win the day. Especially in the 100cc bike market, they are taking Honda Honda head-on because Honda also will be launching a 100cc bike soon. True. So, is this a sustainable strategy, price competition, or should the long-term solution lie in focusing more on technology? I think they have a definite game plan here, the HeroCorp group, because I think they realize that technology is one place where they might have a problem because Honda was, was there earlier. But I think they have planned it well. The transition has been planned well. I think they have made investments in getting good technology. They have started investing more in R&D for technology. They have been in business for long. Splendor and Passion, I think, have done very, very well. So I think they understand the industry. So they realize, one, while the competition for selling the bikes would always be there, so the price cuts kind of, yeah, would come. But at the same time, they understand, realize that technology has to be there in the long term. So my understanding is that they would play a balancing game because they understand that technology is where uh, a lot of things would depend on. So I think they have a balanced strategy for that, surely. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting point because, you know, if you recall when Splendor was launched, and this was way back, I was in school. Right. If you recall the ad and the price point was just about right. And the ad spoke about, I think the line was 
cruise the road, ride the clouds on splendor. Yes, true. And that was a long time back, and it was a hundred cc bike, and one of the first ones. Not just the bike, but the scooter market has also evolved, and it's just not the LML Vespas anymore. Yes. Surprising to me as a reader to see. Mahindra Group and it's a new entrant yeah. with Mr. Anand Mahindra at 825 million. The reason, correct me if I'm wrong, is because of the thrust on the two-wheeler industry with the series of bikes, the scooters that they've launched, as well as the uh, XUV 500 or 500 as they like to call it. Completely, completely. Just a note here, Abhishek, that uh, Keshav Mahindra, the chairman, was there on the list last year also. But Anand Mahindra comes in also this year because this year what we've done is we have differentiated the, their stakes. Mm-hmm. Anand Mahindra also comes in and Keshav Mahindra also retains his place on the list. But what you say about the larger Mahindra group is very true. I think with Scorpio when they came on, they completely made a uh, new niche for themselves in the, in the four-wheeler sector. And I think they are building on it. So they are building on it. They had Zylo some time ago and now they have come in with a new product. I think uh, their international venture has also gone very well with Sanyong. They're doing good work there in terms of the transition of the acquisition, the integration. So this is what I think it makes it exciting for the Indian economy. Very bold and fast-thinking entrepreneurs who are willing to take the risk and go that extra step. And I think so that clearly shows in this year's list also. People have taken that smart decisions. We mentioned in our starting piece that you know smart entrepreneurs can make hay even if there is no sun. So. I think it clearly shows, and Mahindra is surely a good example for that. Yes, another good example, I would say, as in from a consumer perspective, is the airline industry, where I remember talking with Cuckoo this time last year okay. about this famous quote by Richard Branson that one of the easiest ways to become a millionaire is to become a billionaire first and then start an airline company. <laughs> Because the amount of money that you lose, and it's no surprise that Indigo has made it to the list, and it's at 51. What are they doing right as compared to, let's say, a Naresh Goel who's down at 96th place, and Vijay Malia who's at 49, but he's lost a lot of money. I think a lot of calls that Raul Bhatia took early both fruit. And the best thing would have been, I think, when you travel in Indigo, you see that the flights are on time, you reach your destination on time, the service is fine. And I think as long as you focus on that and your customers know that you're going to deliver every time they fly in your flight, I think you do a good job. And I think that's what Indigo has done over the last few years. Their reputation mm-hmm. as a disciplined flight operator has come through. And if you look at them, they are the only ones, I guess, in the aviation industry in India who are making profits. Whereas, you know, the traditional favorites like uh, Rayesh Coil of Jet Airways or even a high-profile guy like Vijay Malia with Kingfisher Airlines have been struggling because of the calls they took. It, they, mm-hmm. Those were calls in terms of how to bracket their airlines, in terms of buying aircrafts, in terms of raising money, debt, which lines to fly. So I think Rahul Bhatia has been careful, has built his brand over the years, and he's taken very good calls, and I think today his product stands for a lot of good quality service. And I think it's reflective of what he has done because in this year's uh, Force India Leadership Awards, uh, we just concluded that uh, a week ago, uh, he's won the award for entrepreneurship. So while others are thinking of, you know, shutting down their low-cost segments, like Kingfisher is doing, uh, Rahul Bhatia has shown that you can still survive and make money while doing the same business. So again, a very good case of a smart entrepreneur who's taken the right course. Right. Also, moving ahead, we also have the the banking sector, 
which has been bruised and battered not in india but across the world did it surprise you that uh, it was just one person that is mr uday kotak who is uh, the managing director of kotak mahindra bank and he is the only billionaire from the banking world in spite of the sector having done reasonably well in spite of the you know global tremors right uh, abhishek he is the original i mean i think the the guy who actually from scratch built a bank in india i mean the first guy to do that Uh, today you have another example in Yes Bank, but Yes Bank has still not reached the uh, scale you would say because Kotak Mahindra today is not just a retail banking, but it has banking solutions across. So it also has a very very successful investment banking uh, branch. And Uday Kotak is interesting story because if you look at him, he comes from a textile family, but he took a, an early call saying that he wants to get into banking. And when you when the readers get to read the Story, you know, they quote it on the research issue. They will understand the things that went on in the beginning, how he got support from Anand Mahindra and Anand Mahindra's father in setting up the business, and how the years he's taken very good calls in terms of also building a very very good team, and also making sure that his bank is just not a retail player but also gives services across. So very interesting, and I think maybe you know in in the coming couple of two years we might see few more bankers on our list. But right now he is the only one, and that makes makes him very special, right? Right. And another thing that was noticeable was coffee day enterprises that everybody knows, and I think anybody who lives in a city or a small city has probably visited a cafe coffee day. Mr. Siddhartha, he is at eight number eighty four with five ninety five million dollars, and Kishor yeah. Biani the future group uh, head is down with 475 uh, million considering that one chain caters you know only to sell coffee and the other does so much more coffee day enterprises earns uh, earns more by selling just coffee as compared to future group which sells so many other things one learning is that you know business can be a great leveler just like sports can be so if you are in the right sector you might earn and do well in that in that year and if if somebody were to ask a question to mr biani let's say 3 years ago with the real estate booming and it he having so many stores around the country uh, things would have been different completely completely i think what has worked for siddhartha is that he knew where he is coming from i mean his family has been in uh, growing coffee for almost 150 years he, and he understands the business but he realized that because of the volatility in coffee prices so the business is also very cyclical so he needs to get into something where uh, it's not that volatile so he got into the retailing part of coffee and he's built a very very successful chain in cafe coffee day and i think the fact that he stuck to what he knows best and he didn't spread himself too thin getting into too many businesses from the beginning that was a wise decision and today he's built a very good successful coffee chain the interesting part now is that he's getting into logistics hospitality financial markets so this is another interesting i think phase that this entrepreneur has gotten into so it will be interesting to see how he fares in that yes and in in a predominantly tea drinking country a tea drinking country completely and and to wrap it up a couple of uh, interesting names were i i found one of them was uh, imami 675 million dollars is the net worth of radhesham agarwal and again radhesham goenka and in india i think uh, again as a consumer two things sell when they are advertised well one is anything which has kitano in them that <laughs> and second is fairness yes imami makes it here these industries are segments are recession or slow run free also 
I mean, come what may, you still want to feel good, look good, and I think look, feel healthy also. Because interesting part is that even in the pharma sector, while Imami is a very good case, even in the pharma sector, you see, it's not a same story everywhere. But among the 10 or 11 entrepreneurs from the pharma sector who are on the list this time, five of them have seen their wealth going up. And one of them, Habib Khurakiwala, has in fact made a comeback. And he's the only person who's made a comeback on our list this year. He was there on the first year list. Last year he was out. He was not there on the list. And he's made a comeback. So I think, again, you can't say that because the sector is not doing well, the census is not doing well, so my wealth has also gone down. But if you take the right decisions, smart calls, you still do well. And I think the farmer sector is a really good example for that. And the only returning or the comeback has been made from the farmer sector this time. So very true, some of the segments are really interesting to look out for. Right. But I will have a slight difference of opinion there. In a few industries are recession-free, let's say, like you mentioned. But on the same count, Vijay Malia should have done well because whether it's boom times or really bad times, you would, you know, want to drink your way to glory. Because <laughs> but that didn't happen and you, you yourself have written and we've spoken about it before with Bernard Ricard giving yes. Vijay Malia a hard time in the liquor industry. And even yes. he is down at 49 compared to last year. Yes. Yes, I think also it comes down to not just the sector, but also the decisions that you've taken. If you look at Vijay Malia's businesses, each of them is under a lot of burden of debts. And those of liquor businesses is cash cow. And I think it continues to do well despite the debts. But uh, the airline business surely is something that will be a problem child for some time. It's an interesting thing. But like you said, yeah, we might think that some of the sectors are recession-free, but still... Some of the players in that sector don't do well. So I guess it comes down again to those decisions that you took or you take as an entrepreneur. Any predictions for the next year's one? The, the last question, any any grand prediction that you would want to make? And perhaps we'll talk again next year. Very, very difficult to make because I think, uh, otherwise I think I would have started a consultant business <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> but I think if you look at internationally also, uh, Indian billionaires have done pretty well. I mean, you could say that um, the number of billionaires this time has come down for sure in India. I mean, last year we had 69 and this year we have 57. But we still are doing well from the 2009 levels. And if you look at them globally, compared to China or Brazil, I mean, the worth of top 20 billionaires in India is much more than in China or Brazil, and which is surprising because China has more than the double billionaires that are there in India. So that's surprising. So it shows that, you know, entrepreneur-driven economy, more exciting things to do. So for next year, what would happen? It's really, really difficult. That's why I think the novelty of the research is that because it throws up very unpredictable uh, data, facts, and that's the whole beauty of this uh, this list. And that's why we look forward to it every year. That's why it's the flagship issue for us also. On that note, I think it's time to wrap up. And uh, thanks thanks a lot, Prince, for the time. Thanks, Avishay. Great talking to you. And happy Diwali. Thank you. Wish you the same. And also all our readers are so happy Diwali. Yes, and all readers, you can get this podcast on uh, business.in.com and theindicast.com and also on iTunes. Type in Forbes India on your window and you'll get this for free. And to subscribe to Forbes India, just type in Forbes to 51818. Uh, that's Forbes to 51818. Thanks again. Bye-bye and enjoy your Diwali. Thank you.